If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them with me today. We're going to be in Exodus chapter 20, and then we're going to be over in Matthew chapter 6. I am so grateful that the gospel is not just for any one people group, but it's for all people. That it crosses geographical boundaries, it crosses ethnic boundaries, economical boundaries, that because of Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, who lived a life that we could never live, died on the cross for our sins, and overcame death, anyone can be saved. And that's the power of the gospel. And today we have seen how the power of the gospel can cross through cultures and language and reach hearts. I came across a book this week called Overcoming Anxiety, and in this book, it gave six signs that you are wrestling with anxiety. So let's see how we're doing, okay? Let's see if you're wrestling with anxiety. The first sign was excessive worrying, excessive worrying. Sign number two, getting easily agitated. You're cruising through life, you're doing okay, something doesn't go right, and suddenly you're just set off. Sign number three, difficulty concentrating. Sign number four, continual fatigue. Number five, difficulty either falling or staying asleep at night. And the sixth sign that you might be dealing with a lot of anxiety intentionally avoiding people because you worry that they will try to fix you or minimize your pain. Well, how did you do? How did you do? (laughs) Pitiful? (laughs) Did well? Most of us probably have several signs in our life of anxiety overload. And these signs are kind of like yellow lights whenever you're driving down the road. Whenever you see one of those yellow lights, what is it supposed to mean to you as a driver? Slow down, caution. But now we're Texans, right? And so as Texans, what do we often see the yellow light as meaning? Floor it, right? Floor it. And so this often happens in life. We have these yellow lights that are flashing in our life saying, hey, there's a problem, and yet we often react by just going faster. Now, I have a deep concern, and that is that many of us are so busy that we never stop to listen to the voice of God. And my concern is that one day we're going to crash, and when we crash, it's going to be hard if this doesn't change. Uh, It may surprise you that one of the key spiritual disciplines that we are talking about in this series on the spiritual disciplines is stopping to listen. Now remember, the spiritual disciplines are things that you and I can do in order to grow spiritually. Now, you do not grow spiritually simply because you are doing these things. Ultimately, spiritual growth has to be a work of God within your heart. He does something that begins on the inside and then changes everything about the outside. But at the same time, these spiritual disciplines that we are talking about, these are things that people who want to grow spiritually do. The word disciple is contained within the word discipline. And so a disciple is one that 
follows after Christ and you practice these spiritual disciplines. And so today, I, I want to challenge you to pick up three spiritual disciplines that all involve stopping and listening. So here are the three things that I, I want to challenge you to have in your life. Number one, I want to challenge you to begin, if you're not already doing this, taking a day off to worship. Number two, praying every day. And number three, fasting on big days. Now let's start off with learning to take a day off. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 8 is where we are in the Bibles. The Scriptures say, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. You are to labor six days and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You must not do any work, you, your son or daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock or the foreigner who is within your gates. For the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and everything in them in six days, and then he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and declared it holy. Now in the New Testament era, we call this the Sabbath principle, the idea of having a day in your life where you take time to rest and really unplug from the world in order to plug in to God. And you'll notice Exodus 20 is where the Bible gives us the Ten Commandments. And so this idea of resting is part of the Big Ten. Now, resting is not, our Sabbath is not a call to laziness, okay? Don't go home and say, hey, pastor said that we're all supposed to be lazy. No, being, uh, taking a Sabbath is not a call to laziness, but it is a call to dedicate one day a week to resting your body and listening to God. One day a week where you say, okay, I'm going to slow down and I'm going to take some time to rest and I'm going to intentionally take time to listen to God. Now, unfortunately, today this principle is often ignored. And some of the reasons why this principle is ignored is because in biblical days it was often abused. People took it to extremes, and they turned it into something that was legalistic. And so even Jesus began bumping up against that legalism. Yet at the same time, your Creator knows that if you go too fast for too long, if you prioritize the wrong things over the Lord of all things, eventually you will struggle to hear the voice of God and see the work of God. And you will begin to suffer from the disease of spiritual blindness. God will be doing things around you. And you won't feel any excitement. You won't feel any conviction to be a part of that which God is doing. Because when you go too fast, too long, and you focus on the wrong things for too long, eventually you become spiritually blind and your soul becomes numb. Rest is one of the major themes in the Bible. You have creation where God works for six days, and then what does God do on the seventh day? He rests. You see it here in the Ten Commandments, this idea of the Sabbath. You see, whenever Israel left Egypt, they were marching to what they called the Promised Land, which the Scriptures described as a land where they would find rest. The Bible often talks about an inheritance, and in Scripture, the inheritance was a symbol of rest that one receives after someone dies. 
Whenever someone dies, we think of heaven. We say, may they rest in peace because heaven is a promise. It is hope to a believer. The Scriptures talk about when Jesus comes again that one of the things that He will bring with Him is a spiritual rest. But we should understand that the rest that Jesus talks about in His words, in His teaching, is not the absence of stress, work, and fear. Christ's rest is the presence of God in you. And when the presence of God is in you, it replaces your stress with faith, your work with meaning, and your fear with hope. And so I want to encourage you to build into your life a Sabbath. A time in your life where you take a day where you just stop. Unplug from work that drains you. You may still have some stuff that you do around the house or around the community, whatever it might be, but you're intentionally on that day not doing things that just drain you, okay? And on that day, also prioritize worship. Now, for many of you, the most logical day to be your Sabbath day is Sunday because that's when we have church services. And so uh, on Sunday, you unplug from work and you come to church and you're, you're intentionally doing kind of extra stuff to make sure that you hear the voice of God and that you gather with God's people. Uh, For me, in my life, my Sabbath day is usually Friday. I try to unplug from everything and just really plug into the Lord. And I also try to build into my Friday some intentional time to uh, pray more and to listen to sermons and to just have some worship time. And I also want to encourage you to have a mini Sabbath every day of your life to build into your daily routine what we call a quiet time. Say, what's a quiet time? It is a time that you set aside, often in the morning. If you say, I'm not a morning person, that's not happening, okay. If not in the morning, maybe right before you go to bed. But you set aside some time where you just read the Bible and pray and you stop and listen. You say, well, what does stopping and listening look like? Well, that's a great question. The number one thing that you can do whenever you stop and listen, this may surprise you, but the number one thing that you can do when you stop and listen is read your Bible. Take time to read your Bible. If you believe the Bible to be the inspired Word of God, then when you read the Bible, you are hearing the heart of God. It's in black and white. And some of your Bibles even make it easy for you and they put the words of Christ in red. (laughs) it's right there and so you can read your bible and you can hear the heart of god if you will start with reading and understanding the scriptures then you can build your spiritual life and the spiritual growth in your life will be built on truth now this is why this is important because if your spiritual life is not built on the truth of the word of god then it will likely be built on feeling or human opinion. And when beliefs are built on feeling or human opinion, then those beliefs will shift with the winds of Instagram and Twitter. That's why it's important to stop and read the Word of God. Now, the second thing that you can do when you stop and listen is pray. So go with me to Matthew chapter 6 in your Bibles. Pray. This is where Jesus gives us what is often called the model prayer. Matthew 6, 
9 through 13. And Jesus said, therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now we call this the Lord's Prayer. It's a teaching prayer. The great reformer Martin Luther taught us that we could frame our prayer time with the petitions that are in the Lord's Prayer. And so here's how Luther encouraged people to do this. Start out in your prayer time just reading the model prayer and then work through it. Now I should say that there are many, many different ways for people to pray and prayer is ultimately a conversation between you and God. But what I'm talking about here is kind of a guide to help you as you try to have a powerful, productive prayer time. And so you might try this sometime. Read through the Lord's Prayer and then begin looking at the petitions that are in the prayer. You begin with, Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. And whenever you enter into prayer, you begin with remembering who God is and taking time to proclaim who it is that you believe God to be. He is our Father whose name is honored as holy. And then you have the next petition. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And here we are asking that God's will in heaven will be done here on earth. And so in this section of our prayer time, we would be asking for God's will. Now let me ask you this question. In your life right now, are there some areas where you're really seeking God's will? God, I need your will. I need your direction. Are you praying for that? Well, here in the Lord's will, we can pray that the Lord's will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we see a third petition here. Give us today our daily bread. And this is the section in your prayer life where you might ask God for the various needs of your life. This is where you bring in offering prayer requests. Lord, I, I need a job. I need a different job. Lord, I, I uh, have this health issue. I have a family member who has this health issue. I have a friend who is grieving. Lord, would you please bring comfort to their hearts? Now, what we often do is we often begin right there, don't we? And so in the Lord's Prayer, you see that we, we come to God and we remember who He is and we ask God ultimately for His will, that we might experience His will on earth as it is in heaven. And then we begin bringing the request of our hearts for our daily bread. And then there's the section where the petition reads, Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. A healthy prayer life also involves a time of confession where you come to God and you say, Lord, I need Your help. There are things that I'm still wrestling with in my life. Maybe it's lust and you struggle with a wandering eye. Maybe it's greed. Perhaps it's pride. Perhaps it's fear. Whatever it might be. And you come to God and you confess, Lord, these are, these are the things that I am struggling with. These are, these are the areas where I am, I'm in need of your power. And you confess your sins and you ask God for His strength. 
to live beyond the sinful condition. And then the next part of the petition is pretty hard because we're also asking God to help us to forgive people who have done us wrong. That's where it gets hard, right? It's easy to say, God, here's my sins. Please forgive me of these and and, and rest in His grace. It's a little harder whenever the Scripture says, and forgive those who have trespassed against us. Those that have done us wrong. And we begin lifting up these situations to the Lord and we say, Lord, help me not to live with anger deep inside my heart. Help me not to live trapped in the past, but help me, Lord, to be able to release that anger and and to trust in You as the Redeemer and the Victor that goes before me. And then the next petition, do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And as you get into that final petition, for yours is the kingdom and the glory and the power forever, you are surrendering your life to the power and kingdom and the reign of God in your life. It's a time where you just simply bow before the Lord and say, Lord, I am yours. And you can use this model prayer in your life to shape your prayer time. And don't forget the last word, amen. You know, because sometimes we, we get to the end of that and we're like, right, yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. I am surrendering to you, Lord. You are the king. You are the one who has power over situation that I have no power. And I desire for your glory to be seen, not mine. Lord, make much of you and less of me. But then the prayer ends with amen, which basically means get up off your knees and let's go. <laughs> the word literally translates truly. And Christians would use this word often to mean, so let it be. That's why sometimes whenever a a preacher preaches and says something good, you'll hear somebody say, amen, right? Because it's a proclamation from Christians, a proclamation of confidence that says, let's go, this is true, We, we believe this. Oh, what a joy it is whenever you begin stopping and listening to God and reading His Word and hearing His truth and then spending time in prayer with Him. And not just rushing through that prayer time and saying, okay, Lord, here's all my needs, but actually abiding in prayer with the Lord. How long has it been since you just stopped and listened to your Lord? Please learn to unplug. Pastor, there's so many things to do. Yes, I know. But if your soul is not where it needs to be, you won't have the focus and concentration to do all those things that need to be done. Take time to unplug. Take time to hear from God. Take time to pray to God. And then, on some days, take time to fast. I said some days, not necessarily Sundays, if you heard that as Sunday. Fasting. Look at the next line in verse 16. Whenever you fast, don't be sad-faced like the hypocrites, for they make their faces unattractive, so their fasting is obvious to people. I assure you they got their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that you don't show your fasting to people, but to your Father who is in secret." 
and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Now, I could take each of these disciplines and I could do a full sermon on each, but I'm trying to kind of move pretty quickly through these today. And I would admit that Baptists aren't really known for fasting. In fact, we're kind of known for the exact opposite, are we not? Uh, we're kind of known for our, our potlucks and our great feast. But chili cook-offs, that's right. But I would say that in Scripture, fasting is talked about often. How many of you realize that right after the Lord's Prayer is this section on fasting? You probably have heard of the Lord's Prayer. Have you heard on the section of fasting before? It's right after the Lord's Prayer. And Jesus kind of assumed that we will take time to fast. There are times in life when you are facing a really big decision or when you may be struggling with something in your life. It could be a sin, it could be a relationship, but there is a struggle. And one of the spiritual disciplines is to fast. Now, you're not fasting for weight loss. You're fasting so that you can focus in on listening to God. That word fast is an interesting word because the same word that's used for moving quickly is also used for stopping to listen. We fast. We stop. We stop doing something that we normally do every day in order that we might take time to truly listen to God. Now, in the Bible, fasting usually meant going out without food or without some particular type of food for a period of time. And there was a reason for the fast, because that time that you would normally spend uh, preparing the food and thinking about the food and all of that, eating the food, instead you would spend in prayer and you would talk to the Lord about it. Now, there's other ways that people can fast, particularly in this era in which we live. Sometimes it might be good to do a cell phone fast. Sometimes it might be good to do a technology fast or an entertainment fast. You say, Lash, I'd rather go without food. I, <laughs> I understand. But sometimes it might be good to say, okay, you know what? We're going to turn off the cell phone. And all that time that I normally spend surfing here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to seek to hear from God today. Because there's, there's a big area in my life. I, got, I, got, I have a decision to make. I just got this diagnosis from the doctor. I'm concerned about this. I, I really need to hear the voice of God. And sometimes for us to hear the voice of God, we have to be intentional about stopping and listening and even cutting some things out of our life that might distract us from hearing. So the idea behind a fast is that you're going to go without something for a period of time because you really desire to hear from the Lord. Now, it's ironic that this sermon on stopping to listen causes me as your pastor to wrestle with my own anxieties. Uh, I, I worry. And one of the reasons I worry is because I know that the DFW culture 
praises busyness. We applaud people who just move through life at breakneck speeds. And then you throw on top of that, we're the first generation that is adulting and raising our kids with social media and all these technological advancements that we have. And it's very easy to have the very things that we bought to make life easy make life exhausting. And so I, I personally wrestle with trying to do too much. Try to do too much in life. Now, don't judge me, man, because <laughs> some of y'all do the same thing, don't you? Am I the only one that ever tries to just do too much? Say, I'm retired. (laughs) I've heard y'all talk. You always say, since I retired, I'm busier than ever, right? We all, many of us struggle with this. We just try to do too much. And so here's my concern. That for many of us, the yellow lights are flashing. And if we don't stop and listen, a crash is coming. But but I also know that that's not what God wants for any of us and that the crash doesn't have to happen to any of us. And so I'm asking you to make a decision to stop and listen, to make a decision to be intentional about this, to take a day off each week to rest your body and worship. Say, last, my work won't let me do that. I understand there may be seasons in your life where you, you're working seven days a week, but that's not how you were designed to spend the totality of your life. And even within those seasons, you're going to have to be very, very intentional about cutting out time to just unplug, rest your body, and intentionally plug into the Holy Spirit. And I want to ask you to make the decision to take time each day to read your Bible and pray. To have a quiet time. Some days that might be five minutes. Some days that might be an hour. Some days that might be 20 minutes. I think you'll find that whenever you begin building a quiet time into your life, that you'll very soon not want, you'll never want to miss it. And when those moments come, when it seems like everything is moving too fast, take time to fast. When everything seems like it's moving too fast, that's when you need to fast. (laughs) And you fast so that you can unplug from something and hear the voice of God. Would you be so kind as to bow your heads with me, please, as we come to a time of commitment? The musicians are going to come and they're going to lead us in singing and then we'll have a time of prayer and giving. I'm here at the front today. My wife Stacy's here with me. If there's anything that we can pray with you about, it's our joy to pray with you. Heavenly Father, we bow our heads before you and we ask that you will help us to take these truths seriously in our lives. And Lord, may we see the yellow light and realize that those are signs of caution. Help us, Lord, to stop so that we can hear from you. 
Help us, Father, to build into our lives that time of rest. Help us, Lord, to build into our lives that time of listening. And Lord, whenever you begin to reveal to us your will and your direction, may we see it clearly. And when we see your will clearly, may we seize it courageously so that we live our life with the abandonment of faith, trusting you and following you wherever you lead us. Lord, I pray that in 2019, we might experience in each of our lives and in our church deep, deep spiritual growth. I pray that you will grow our spiritual roots and that we will find ourselves abiding in the Holy Spirit so that within our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, the fruit of the Spirit will grow and be evident to all. It's in Jesus' name that we pray and worship. Amen.